Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night cheer. <laughs> Actually, had a question tonight of cheer tonight on what? <laughs> First of all, Chaim Chaim Yidin. Nah, that's yeah, sure, shortcut. Shortcuts. Aye, Chaim Chaim. Because Lila Nishmas, Lila Shlamas for Shemoshe. Um, today was the outside of. Oh, I forgot her name. Mrs. Grossbaum. Mrs. Grossbaum was. I'll get it later when my wife shows up, I guess. Tonight I have the outside the Chof. <coughs> the outside of my grandfather, Rabbi Yitzchak whom I'm named after, Ben Rabbi Yosef. Although, there is a Swara that says that after 50 years you don't have to keep a outside. And if I'm named after the person, then obviously it's 50 years. Plus, because we're not Sephardic, But, if the name is remembered and the outside is remembered, then why not keep it? Unfortunately, I'm able to say Kaddish, so I say Kaddish, and since nobody else does for the Amr, I does for the Amr as well. But turning to a happier note, because it's Simcha, and because Chaga Simcha, because Chaga Matzis is part of the Shalash Shigolim, and Samachta Bechagecha, we have to be happy, <coughs> happy on the Yomtev, Tonight we'd like to extend a happy birthday to my youngest son, Shalai Leibish. So, Mashnas Hatzlacha Bracha Nitzam Vishonim, Langi Gizuntafelech Yarin. 17 years ago, Tev Shonim, 17 Yamatia Tev. We were zechut to have him join our family. Happy birthday! Thank you. Thank so unnecessary. So what do we talk about? There's no Pasha this week. Well, first of all, if I had gone away for some for the Pesach, and if I would have gone to Israel, then I would be leaning Pasha Shmini the Shabbos. For the record, they're going to be eating matzah still, but they're going to be leaning Pasha Shmini. There we go. Nothing. Oh, that matzah looks familiar to me. Good. How did it go out? How did it work out? Good stuff, no? Okay, good. Happy you were able to get it. Happy you were able to enjoy it. It's whole wheat, you know. It's important. <laughs> so, and so they do read Pasha Shmini. <coughs> we're only going to catch up later down the road. Since they're taking a lead on us on Pasha Shmini, they're also taking a lead on us on Pekiovis. But not really. They're not going to do Pekiovis this week. They're going to start Pekiovis next week. Although it's the Shabbos after Pesach, but they won't start Pekiovis until next week. So these Kali Yisrael stays together on Pekiovis, and Pekiovis being the, the Milsa the Chasidusa which teaches us and trains us how to be a proper good Jew. So therefore it's 
proper and appropriate that we should all be together, united in the Pirkeovis. But Parashat Shemini is going to separate us. We're going to not be reading Parashat Shemini this week. We are going to read Shemini, Shemina, Shemina, which the next week will explain again the eight times that we read Shemini. But in Etzisel, they are deprived. They're only going to read five times, uh, four times. Since this Shabbos, they're going to be laning by Shachris. Whereas we're going to lane again by Mincha. And we're going to lane again Monday, Thursday, and the next following Shabbos, Shemini. So we have the eight times of Shemini. But we do have something in common. Whereas the Leni Shemini, we have Achren Shal Pesach, which is the Yema Shemini. Now, although we don't have a particular Kriya Tater for Shemini Shal Pesach, Achren Shal Pesach, especially since it wouldn't make sense, since that's the cell, they're not going to lane it ever. In Tzitzel, they say Yisker on Shiri Shal Pesach, we say on Achren Shal Pesach. Important to note and to remember that Yisker will be cited this week, Mitzvah, on Shabbos. Also, extremely important to note is tomorrow we must make an Erev Tavshilin. The Erev Tavshilin is extremely, extremely important, or else you will not be able to cook on Friday for anything you need for Shabbos. Erev Tavshilin is exactly how you hear it. Erev is something that helps us carry or carry over from one regime, one area to another, one level to another. And since Yom Tiv is Friday, and Shabbos is again Yom Tiv, but it's still Shabbos, therefore enable for us to, in order for us to be able to cook on Friday for the Shabbos things, um, I'm sure most Balabostas have already cooked everything now, and just have to warm it up. Um, because they want to put away their pots before ready the Shri Shabbat Baruch Hashem, we have a fresh challenge made on Friday. And therefore, we have some really good stuff in this week's challenge. <laughs> what can you put in the challenge? There's potatoes, onions, flanken, but I bought some bones. So be exciting. It should be an exciting challenge. Um, the Eid of Tavshilin a very very interesting process if you don't understand my instructions please see a local rabbi to learn exactly how to do so the Eid of Tavshilin now is going to be made with matzah not with challah obviously and with a tafshil, something cooked whether it be a piece of fish, or an egg, etc. Not much more you can cook on Pesach anyway. A potato. Wouldn't advise the potato about it. Filter fish. So that's it, filter fish. You take the two items together. You will turn to the back of your sitter, which should have instructions as well. Ha ha ha! Soon tell you. <laughs> and you need to take an outsider 
And you give the outsider the fish and the matzah to hold, and you ask them to be mezakeh, to zechit. You then take it back, and you then say, I be mezakeh, anyone that wants to join in with my aidiv. You make the bracha, and you say, and there are those that are the opinion that you should say it in a language you actually understand, because in Siddur it's written in Aramaic. But you should understand that you are saying that with this Erev, I will be able to cook for Shabbos, I will be able to light any fires that need to be lit, etc. Now this Erev that you are making, man of the household, you are making it with the condition that your wife will also be able to partake of this Erev, and therefore she will be able to cook, and she will be able to light candles on Friday evening for Shabbos Kedish. There are those that have a custom to light the candles before Kiddush. On Yom Tif. Which would mean the husband would come home from Shul and before Kiddush they would light candles. If you have that custom, that can be done tomorrow, but it cannot be done on Friday, obviously, because Friday we need to light the prescribed time of Shabbos. Please see your local listings. We are now coming upon the Yom Tevim known as Shvi Shabbesach and Achar Shabbesach. The question, what do we put in a cholent on Pesach? Very straightforward. Potatoes, onions, and meat. And that's it. And you say, Yihiratzon, that this should be cholent. And it, obviously you got to put some water in there. You put it up on the fire, it cooks overnight, and ooh la la sason. It is better than any cholent all year long. Just some salt, obviously. Um, we don't use anything in my house. We don't use pepper, we don't use paprika, we don't use anything, so it's a little bland, but the, ch- the salt does the trick. And actually what's ironic is that some of my children that do eat chalant say that the basil chalant is the best one of the year. And this year they merit to have it twice. Um, I will tell you, be honestly, personally, on a personal note, it has zero effect on me in comparison to the regular chalent which I don't add anything much besides barley but again well, this is not a shear for recipes <laughs> so we're going to go back on track and we can discuss that at any other time someone can call or text or email and we'll discuss how to do chalent l'chaim l'chaim we are coming upon the Yom Tevim as we said Shvi Shabesach and Acham Shabesach However, in Israel, as we said, that's Israel, and Saint Akdesha, Achinim, and Israel are going to be leaning Pashashmini. But they both represent the number eight. The number eight, in essence, is a number supersedes the regular cycle. A normal cycle is seven, the seven days of a week. Eight, we find the eighth day for bris mila. Connotation, of course, being that it's a very high and spiritual moment. So to the eighth day, and so to the shpasha shmini, the eighth. And for us this year, we'll, whoa! And for us this year, we will have shmini shmena eight times. There was a chassid by the Alter Rebbe. I've told this story before. But it's, it's a tremendous lesson. It was out of Yom Kippur. 
And everybody, everybody, come up me, has their somber way of preparing for Yom Kippur. Mikveh, the meals, the davening is different, the air is different. It's Kippur coming, Yom Kippur is coming, you feel Yom Kippur in the air. There was one Chosid that was totally shattered. He was shattered, he couldn't come to himself. There was a family that was taken, that was kidnapped. They were kidnapped for ransom of a thousand rubles. By Matsu Yom Kippur, they were going to be killed. Many people involved themselves to try to raise funds, to try to pigeon Shvuim to save these people. People didn't have money. But they sold what they could and they put together, they went to other communities, etc. And they put together a very large sum, 200 ruble. But it was an unwavering number of 1,000 ruble. The local authorities, of course, could care less. And therefore, this family was pretty much doomed. Whereas Erevim Kippur, there was only 200 ruble to t- take them out. This chassid was totally shattered. He couldn't come to himself. He felt as if it was his responsibility to raise these funds. But from where? What is that? Because please stop. And as he's walking, he went into total, he was in a different world, not concentrating, and he walked out of the ghetto, out of the Jewish quarter, and found himself smack in front of the tavern of the Goyesha quarter. And outside a bunch of belligerent drunks standing there, belligerent, belligerent, however you want to pronounce it, Ashkenaz inspired. And they were mocking and laughing, hey, look at the Jew, what are you doing over here, Jew? You want to have a drink? And a little light bulb went up in his head. And he told them, he says, the base Vosin, what you are, You're a bunch of wimps. Wimps, wusses. Vos Kentir, Vos Vasin. So what do you mean? What I mean is I could drink any one of you under the table. They said, Right. He says, You know what? I'm willing to wager a bet. They go into the bar, and at this time he's got everybody's attention, everybody's ears. A bet that he can drink more than us. <laughs> so one of the Shkotsim said, Why do we have to drink with him? Besides, that we already had a head start. He could probably drink us under the table if that's the case. You know, Ajid, here's two bottles of vodka. You can drink these two bottles of vodka non-stop. You win. How much are we wagering? He says, I put down 200 ruble. But if I win, everyone here has to put down 800. 
So they all got together, they put down 800 rubles. There was now a thousand rubles on the table, they gave it to the bartender, he's the only one staying sober. The Jid got up on a table, and he took the first bottle. He made a bracha shahakil, said l'chaim, and started to drink. His throat was on fire. But he's burning it, and he's drinking and drinking and drinking and gulping and gulping down. His head is starting to get woozy. But he's not stopping. And the Goyim are cheering. I think this is funny. Who's, he's not going to survive two bottles. If he could survive drinking two bottles, he's not going to live through it anyway. He's gonna, he'll drop dead on us. So we're fine. We're good to go. This is our money. We're going to make like, our money with, 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 with a little profit tonight. He finishes the first bottle, wipes off his lips and grabs the second bottle. And he says, the deal is not I have to stand. Give me a chair. Took a chair and he started to drink. And he drank and he drank and he's woozing. He's waving back and forth and he's just... He knows of nothing else but that this bottle needs to stay on his lips and needs to empty in his kishkis. And kachave. He drinks it down to the last drop, the second bottle as well. No, there's no breda. They give him his money. They're all ecstatic to give him his money. They thought it was a real fun show. And they start to follow him out of the out of the bar because they figure he's going to collapse and they'll take his money their money back or he'll drop dead and they'll take the money back. He has a mission though. And he goes and he goes to the Parnas' house and he brings the Parnas the money and he says, quickly go pay, go redeem the Jews. Go redeem that family. Dervaila, he keeps rolling and he rolls himself into shul and he gets up on the bima and he gives up. Everybody's getting ready for Kol Nidre already. It's quiet in the shul. And he gives a bang of the bima and he starts to call out, Atore Solodas. He's holding Simchas Teda. He's holding Simchas Teda. He's singing Atore already. So the Chassidim wanted to, 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 you know, who knows what, you Meshugine. You come in here drunk like like light, and you, you get to make noise here, and you make a tumult. Uh, yeah, eviction notice. What, what, what is this over here, making tumults here in the show? Agarida. And the Rebbe says, wait, wait. He's holding already Atta Haresa. He's holding Simchasteina. He's already finished his Yom Kippur. He finished his four days between. He's finished his Sukkot Saveda. He's holding Simchas Teda this seat. What he accomplished in his last few hours, he's already passed him Kippur. He's gone to the eighth level. This is a level we need to search, strive to achieve. This eighth level, which comes on the eighth day of Pesach, and it's represented. By the Sudas HaMashiach. When they ask the question why the Sudas HaMashiach is on the eighth day of Pesach, in the year Tofresh Samach Vov, 5664, huh? Samach Vov, 664. Six, six, six. Six, six. 
Kaga Pesach in Lubavitch was very, very happy. It was the first Pesach in Yeshiva's Tamim. And they set up in the big hall of the Yeshiva. And they divided up the Tamidim between the, all the guests, like was the order always. They were not divided up excuse me, amongst the guests. They didn't go to eat by guests, but rather they ate in Yeshiva together. Many Talmudim remember that year. I mean, not now anymore. The Sdorim were by the Tamimim, the Seder of the Sudas Achrin of Pesach Mifrat. Achrin Shal Pesach, the last Suda at night, the Rebbe Rashab asked his brother David Razo, excuse me, the brother of his uncle Razo, if he remembers what the Zayda that Samach Tzedek said to them, to him and to the Razo, on Achim Shal Pesach, Tofresh Chof Hei, 5625. Well, the uncle Razo answered that, minute, that moment that he didn't recall. Perhaps if he sat down and he started to picture himself and put himself back in that place, maybe he'd remember. My father started to tell me, word for word. They sat by their father's table, the marash, and they ate through the jumtiv, and their father said to them, Today is the last day of Pesach. This day, the last day of Pesach, I asked my father, why is the last day of Pesach a Yomtif? My father said, Zalman Aram. He asked his brother, Zalman Aram, maybe you can answer this question. Why is Achim Shal Pesach a Yomtif? And Zalman Aram did not know. Dorelea was sitting next to my mother. She stood up and said, she knows why the last day of Pesach is a Yomtev. Our father said to Tverelea, if you know why, then say it. And Tverelea said, because B'nai Yisrael were keeping all seven days of Pesach according to the Din. And they were very careful about Chomets. And they made sure they did everything the way they should. Therefore, they are celebrating the eighth day that we survived the seventh. But they saw a happy that Chag Pesach, nothing happened wrong. There was no Aveda of Chomets but Pesach. So we make an eighth day as a celebration for that day. And then I said, I remember that the Razor said that Zverlea Taka repeated this. And our father was very happy. And he said, You got a good head. When my mother said, told this to the, our uncle Razo, the three of us, Verlea, I, and you, went to walk our father to his <coughs> the apartment of the grandfather. Tzamasedek. To go see his Suda Sachak. 
That was our custom, that we would go to serve him on Shabbos and Yom Tif. When my father went into the grandfather's room, this is all that the Shabbos is telling us, he said, Grandfather, Shalom Ber asked, why the last day is a Chag? Zalman Aaron also didn't know the reason. But Dvaraleya said, and he said the reason, that we kept Pesach so nicely, so we make a Yom Tif. The Zayda said that's a very Seichel Dike answer. But the, Rebbe, the Zayda told us, come here, let me explain to you. The last day of Pesach is called Achren Shal Pesach. Which means the Achren of Pesach is the same from what we started on the first night. On the first night of Pesach was our Yom Tif, the Hebish that took us out of Golis Mitzrayim. The first redemption, which is through Moshe Rabbeinu. He was the Goyer Rishon. That was the beginning. Achren Shal Pesach is our Yom Tif for the last Geula. HaKadosh Baruch will redeem us from Golos through Mashiach Tzidkenu. Mashiach Tzidkenu is Goyel Achrin. And today, the first day of Pesach was James Simchasish on Meishu Rabbeinu, was Meishu Rabbeinu's celebration, and today is Mashiach celebration. And that's why the last Suda on Pesach is called Achrin Shal Pesach is called Suda Shal Mashiach. And the Razor said, he sang in, a nigu, in Nigun, sang many Nigunin. Achim Shal Pesach, Tafish Chafei. And the Samosetic ate his Suda. My father told me, the Rebbe says, the Rebbe Shab says, the Fidig Rebbe said, he heard from the Rebbe Marash, the Baal Shem Tov called the Suda from Achim Shal Pesach, Misudas Mashiach. It's called Mashiach Suda. And the Razor told me what the Zayda said. Samosetic said, when we sing the Gunim, Misudas Mashiach, According to the Zayda, the Alter Rebbe, it wakens the, the memory to remember the great visions of the grandfather and of the son-in-law. Started to sing the Nagunim, the Alter Rebbe's Nigun, etc. Covered his eyes. The right hand, he leaned on the table as the nigger went through, and the Rebbe started to cry. My father said, says the Fittler, says the Fittig Rebbe, David Sifse Yeshenim, because there was great, great emotion over here, higher than the Madrega of the Yeshenim, from the Divide Teda, the secrets of Teda that were brought about.
Why do I remember on Tafresh Chafei? I don't ask myself. Shkacha Pratis, it's not Shaykh and why? For what? The Shaykh is remembered so that I should know why do we remember this eighth day of Pesach, Tafresh Chafei. Let us go into, though, the concept of Shvi Yishal Pesach. Shvi Pesach, the first days of Pesach we celebrate the departure from Mitzrayim. They left Egypt. Six days later, where were they? They were by Yamsuf. The As we spoke once, the Pesach Shachsidim have a custom that on the night of Shvi Pesach, Around Chatzay Salayla, they sit and they have a tish. They gather together. Around Chatzay Salayla, they throw water on the floor and they jump over the water. See the Chabad Fabring all night. They don't uh, necessarily throw water. I mean, they might throw water at the end of the ring at each other, but not necessarily any connotations of Kriyat uh, Yamsuf. Let us visit Kriyas Yamsuf. The Yidden arrive at the Yamsuf at the Reed Sea. To their right, to their left is desert. In front of them is water. And much to the chagrin behind them is the Egyptians in suit, in pursuit of the Jews. The Jews were totally, totally lost. They didn't know what to do. You don't take off two garments together. You don't take off together. The Jews were totally confused. They started to scream and started to cry. What should we do? And we spoke, Pash B'Shalach, David says, What are they screaming about? Tell them to go forward. Negotiation went about what does mean what does the Almighty mean by go? Iso. We told of Nachshim and Aminadav how he got himself walked into the water. But let us go the next step. The water splits. And the Medrash tells us when Kriyas Yamsev took place, when the water split, 
trees were growing from the Yamsuf. Fruit-bearing trees. And the children were grabbing off the fruits, and they were feeding the birds. Because the birds joined later with the Shira to sing to Hashem. We have a cloud, a generalization. The Almighty does not make a miracle for naught. There's got to be a reason for it. Why the miracle of the trees or the fruits? Well, the reason is because the nature, the way the Almighty created the world, like it says, Shamti, Shamti. Excuse me, this is the basis why, where do we know that a Baruch doesn't make any miracles for no reason? Why? In order not to confuse nature. We need to keep nature on its course, as we say. And by making miracles, if they have no reason for them, it confuses nature. So the fact is, the Yidin needed to be saved. They couldn't battle with Zim. They didn't want to walk into the desert, and they didn't want to drown in the water. So the solution is, since they were told to go forward, (coughs) is to split the sea. Fine. Why the extra miracle of the trees growing and having fruits? And not just having fruit... But they grew immediately fruit. The trees grew up and had fruit, bore fruits. Totally opposite of nature. A tree needs time to grow fruits. We also need to know why didn't the water just evaporate? Why split the water? If the water would have evaporated and the whole land would have become dry, they would have walked down the dry land, put back the water afterwards, fine. Why make it so that you saw the water next to you? And you didn't know if this water was going to collapse on you or not. It says, the water was a wall on the right and to the left. And we even sing that. We don't understand. It would have been enough for the Jews if they would have gone in the dry land in the, where the Yam was. Why the miracle that the walls should stay there, walls of water? But the truth is, we have to therefore say, since we say the Almighty does not make miracles for naught, that the fact of the walls were there, the right and to the left, and the miracle of the growing fruits on the trees and the water, these were not extra miracles, 
But this was part and parcel of the din, of the situation. <coughs> Therefore we find that the Torah tells us twice about the Mayim standing up. If you look in Shemais chapter 14, verse 22, and again verse 29, the Torah repeats again, <coughs> when they go into the Yam, and the second time it says after they came out of the Yam and the Metziyam were drowning them, it says, The Jews went through and the walls were ground for both sides. Which proves to us that the miracle of is part of the miracle. Part of the actual miracle that had to happen here. The entire time the Jews went to say Hayom by Abosha. In the, in the river they went in, in the dry land. On the actual pasuk, Vamayim Lemchem of Minim Esmeila, the Mechilta tells us during Kriyas Yamsuf there was a Kitrug on There was a the Sultan was doing some some work over here, and he said that amongst the Jews there were those that served of the Zara. They were idol worshippers. In that case, why do they deserve more of a miracle than the Mitzrayim do? person that's doing Eved is going on the dry land in the Yam. And these Eved and these Eved when Mechilta finishes off, What saved the Jews ultimately? Miminam umismelam. Miminam is the Tzchus in the merit of the Torah which they were about to receive, as it says, Miminoi Eish Dos Lomei, referring to Torah, Umismelam is Betvila, their prayer. Some say Mismelam means the Tfilin, as we put Tfilin on our left hand for those that are righties. And that's why, says the, the, the Yalkutchmeni, we say, that the concept of Mimina Mismelam is what saved the Jews. The Tera and the Tefillah. The two pillars of right and left were what made the walls that protected from the all, the Mekatrigim, as we say. The, no, the naysayers, the ones that wanted to speak badly. But we still don't understand everything. Why need a wall from both sides? Right and left. The water is flowing. You stop the water, and the rest of the water continues. So the water to your left now continued flowing down river. The water to your right is standing still. So to your left it dries up, and to your right it's standing a wall. Why do I need walls on both sides? The water to my left flowed away. It doesn't make sense even that there was a second wall. Because there was no water there really. But the water flowed downhill. That's the water's nature. Water has to move. 
Well, what it has to move? It was like a net. It was like, it was like a bottle. Water was moving back and forth. Not, it went anywhere. It doesn't. Water flows. It's the nature of water has to flow. Yeah, but it hit the wall. So out. this wall stopped. Stopped the water on the right side. So now this water keeps flowing, though. If it keeps flowing, it obviously dries up everything. So there's no longer need a, need a wall over here because the water flowed away. There's water everywhere. If it's split, where'd it go? Also, the schus of Teda on the right side was the fact that the Almighty chose B'nai itself from all the nations. The Almighty separated us from them. And therefore, the ones that said that the Jews have those who serve idol worships are idol worshippers. And these are idol worshippers. The Almighty said, no, these, these are my children that are going to accept my tater. So that was sufficient. Why do I need also the tefillah, or the tefillin, whatever it was on the left side? Let us understand the real premius of the splitting of the sea. The Eden left Mitzrayim. They left Mitzrayim. But Mitzrayim didn't leave them. You can take Salem out of the country, but you can't take the Salem. Out, you can't take the country out of Salem. It's starting to ring a bell. He's getting a senior moment there, and it's uh, there. He goes. He remembers it. Okay. Not only that, he's giving the, he's singing the jingle too. That's terrible. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the Yidin left Mitzrayim, but they needed to shake that whole shibud, that whole servitude off. This took place by Kriyas Yamsev. As in one form of a question, how many different paths does the Almighty have? Why did the Almighty have to make such a tremendous miracle of splitting the sea and not another way? The truth is, from Mitzrayim to Etzel, they didn't have to pass water. But the Avish that commanded, the Yeshuvu Vayachnu Rechuli, Vigam Le'avru Esayam Le'avru But in essence, they really went up, and they didn't really go over the whole thing. It was, you look at the real map of it, it might even practically got up as a U-shape. They came up and came back on the other side. They came back on the same side. What was this all about? I told the story a million times. A fellow that comes into the uh, Hebrew school. Excuse me. child comes home from Hebrew school. And the mother says, So what have you learned, my child? Oh, I learned about the Jews left Egypt. Really, this is my favorite story. I love this story. When I went to Hebrew school, the mother says, please tell me the story. Child blushes. 
starts to shuffle foot to foot. And the child begins to concoct a story. The Jews were slaves in Egypt. And um, they got great spies. And they beat up all the guards. And when it was dark at night, they all snuck out. There was no moon, and they snuck out of Egypt. The mother shaking her head in bewilderment. She knows the Jews didn't have any spies. The Jews left in the middle of the Hebrew month when it was a full moon, so it couldn't have been dark. And, but, all right, let her child continue. Well, they all ran out, and they ran, and they ran, and they ran. And they got out of Egypt. So mother says, okay, maybe he's confused with this point. What else happened? Well, they ran and they came to the water. And the mother says, oh, this is my favorite part. Dare tell me, my child. And the child starts to, to, to choke. The child starts to get all flustered. <clears throat> Finally, the child gets a little more at ease and he relieves a little bit. And he says, they came to the water and they had these barrels. And they threw the barrels into the water and it was like a bridge. The barrels were floating. So the whole nation started to walk across the barrels and the last people started to break the barrels so that the Egyptians chasing them couldn't catch them. And they came to the other side. At this point, the mother is totally frustrated and infuriated. She knows the real story. She knows the yams have split. She knows what really happened. How dare the child fabricate such a story? And she's, are you telling me the truth? Is this what your Hebrew teacher taught you? The child bursts out into tears innocently. is crying and saying, Mama, honestly... If I would tell you what my teacher taught me, you would think I'm totally crazy. So there's no way he figured that his mother would believe him that the Eden walked out of Mitzrayim where there were big slaves, where there were such big magicians, and they came to Yamsa for the Yamsa split for them. His mother would think he's talking about a sci-fi movie. So he figured he would tell his mother something that she would be more understanding to, to be able to grasp it better. Why? Why Take? Did David should do it this way? But the miracle of Kriya Samson was a preparation for Matantera. If you're keeping score at home, you want to open Gemara Pesachim a little bit. Kuf Yud Ches Amar Aleph. 118, side 1. Ayyadei Matantera Nasa Akibar Lamaylam Matam. Through Matan Teda, the Jews, it was an attached, a new attachment which connected Lamaila and Lamata. According to the Medrash, Matan Teda caused that El Yenim came down to Tachtenim, in the beginning, in order that we should be able to be the connection, and Teda should come down, and then afterwards, the Tachtenim went Lamaila. How? Through doing Teda Mitzvahs. 
What was the preparation? Hofach Yom Layabosha. The Yom was turned into Yabosha, was turned to dry land. Yom shows us about the strength, the godliness that is Mechaya, that gives life. the world although it's hidden and it's covered because the water is covered whatever they have inside we don't see what's in the waters Kriyas Yamsuf reverted this that the Yam now became a Kriyas which was till now covering and now became Yabosha revealed dry land this preparation of turning over Yam Tiyabosha in a informal fashion was what gave the strength from the Abishta to each and every Jew to afterwards be able to accept the Tera, to connect, to reveal godliness in the world in a form of a fashion of a Kavua. Everything created in the world is created for the Yidden. Yisrael Shenikru Reishis. They are bound with Yisrael. Each and every pool of a Jew with his essence causes the same that the person is also like this in the world. That's why we understand that Kriyas Yamsuf revealed the ultimate godliness that revealed that was until now was covered in the world. <coughs> As we are in the world, in the course of the Sakta Saita, in the Sphira Sahimar, excuse me, for those that have my ready tonight, we counted five days in the Sphira. And we have a tradition. We learn Resechta Seita. Resechta Seita is Daf Layim, is 49 blot, starting Daf Beis. And therefore, starting from Daf Beis, we start the second day of Pesach. We start on the first day of Svira, and every day we learn one blot. Hence, we finish the entire Resechta for Shurus. The Gemara tells us a dispute. Between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shmuel. When the Tata tells us something has to happen, that they must serve, the slave has to serve forever. Does the Tata tell us we must do that? Or does the Tata give us permission for that? Rabbi Shmuel says, we have permission to do as such. And Rabbi Akiva says, it's a chayv, it's an obligation to do as such. They argue in three such situations. With the Saita, with the Evet Kinani, 
hand Ah, the Satan Evakinani and the life of a guy. Ultimately, the Gemara will tell us that it's only these three cases that they argue as such. Generally, if a tailor says a commandment, it's a chayv. Mitzvah say is a chayv, and Mitzvah say is obviously a chayv. It's an obligation to do as such, not just giving us permission to do such a mitzvah. Given mitzvah. Rabbi Shmuel, who says it's a rishus, we know Rabbi Shmuel, Eimah B'Shleishah, Semidus, Atelian, Adreshus. Thirteen attributes the Teda is learnt with. We can make, we can derive certain things from Teda in thirteen different ways. We say it every day before we start our Shachas, before we start Hedu. Kalvachema, Egzeh, Shava, etc. And ultimately he finishes off Dover Alam Minyanai with Dover Alam Misseifei. So from the beginning and from the end, and v'chein shnei ksuvim amachishim zezeh. And the same is also two psukim that contradict one another until a third pasuk will come and intervene in between. It says therefore Rabbi Shmuel that everything in Teda is reshus. Not everything, but these mitzvahs in Teda are reshus because we can derive and we can learn and we can take out one thing from another. Rabbi Akiva, in turn, who Bishita is called Ovid Rachman al-Tavavid, whatever the Almighty created is for good. Is therefore also Bishita that nothing can be compromised in Yiddishkeit. And therefore he was able to die with the word Shema Yisrael on his lips. He merited to die with the words from Yisrael on his lips, saying that all my life, this is all I wanted to do, this is all I wanted to be able to do, is to live and to be able to die with the words from Yisrael, to ultimately sacrifice my life for God. No. A person like that says everything is l'chayva. Everything a person must do to feel an obligation to what he is doing. So the, we'd like to once again remind everybody about Erev Tavshilun, extremely important tomorrow, Erev Tavshilun. Again, if you don't know what you're doing, please consult a rabbi. You can call, text, or whatever it is. And on Shabbos afternoon, to sit down, Raivet Raivet, time of Shalashudas, to wash, to eat your Gazayas Matzas again, to drink four cups of wine, as the four cups represent the four Lashenas of Gaula, and ultimately, 
we should merit the Taka the Gula Amitas Vashlema as this will be Mashiach Suda. And Mashiach will come to partake in our Suda. And we will see the Zitu the Suda in the Sukkah's David. And we will sit together with Nechel, Nosham, and Azvachim, and Absachim. With the Shail of Yosun. With the Shara Burn and the Leviathan, and we will sit and we will eat and drink, and we will say Lachaim, Lachaim Mashiach, Lachaim Rebbe, Shabbat Shalom, Chag Sameach to all. A good night.